Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. JJ and the Bear podcast here. The Arizona Fall League rosters came out. We had the podcast. We have to talk about it. We're going to go through all the rosters uh, in some detail. If you haven't checked it out, go to BaseballAmerica.com. We also... If you want to look at the rosters, they're there. might want to follow along as you're listening to this podcast. Before we jump into the rosters, though, I do want to remind you that the Baseball America 2014 books are on sale. Baseball America books have been marked down up to 40%. Visit baseballamerica.com store and get your copy while supplies last. So, Bear, Arizona Fall League, I know you're excited. You've already I'm, booked. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm always excited you're, about you're, anything. But, you're, but especially, you're already booked to go out there. Um, Last, I'm still up in the air whether I'll be going out there or not. The prospect handbook, uh, four teams is staring me in the face, and I'm still deciding whether I'll be able to, to make a trip out there as well. But we're gonna. I feel like overall, and I always throw this warning out, the rosters look pretty good right now. They won't look as good when the games start because we always seem like we have a couple of guys who are on the rosters now, and then you get the re, you know you get to that point and you go oh. He's not ready from his injury or, you know, he's tired, so they pulled him off. Javier Baez, I think, last year was a guy who was on the roster at this point and disappeared. But Yeah, we had to settle for Chris Bryant last year. I know, that's rough. It was, I, I thought someone was going to throw me a telethon. You know, I mean, it, that was rough. But uh, but I, I do feel like that these rosters are, uh, we, we're going to see some, some of the better prospects in the game, especially on the hitting side. Uh, it should be very interesting. It always is more hitters than pitchers, understandably. Hitters, you don't really worry about. Uh oh, he got that 550th at bat. Is that going to cause him, you know, any problems down the road? Pitchers, you do worry about the 150th inning for a guy sometimes. So, uh, but we're going to jump in, look at them one by one. Uh, I think we'll start with Glendale, the uh, the Desert Dogs. So we've got this is the team that's got the White Sox, the Orioles, the Brewers, the Tigers, the Dodgers, and the uh, you know it. It, you know, what jumps out, we'll, we'll go through this kind of in, in a little bit more detail, but obviously what jumps out at the start is, is Corey Seager's here. Again, yeah. And Corey Seager, really, really good. So it, this is obviously a team, if you're making a trek out there, this is a team to watch. But we'll start with the pitching staff. Give me a pitcher that you are uh, interested to see on this team. Francelis Montes. I saw him with Winston this year once, and he was very, very good, and... There's another guy who should be on your 100 sheet. He's, he's already on it. He's, he's, he's touched 100 this year. Um, and you know, he, was, he was really good. And and really he's, dominant. he's a big, big boy. He's missed time with uh, a knee injury. And he's Second always, knee injuries he's had in the last two years. Because he's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he'll be, he'll be definitely fun to watch. And uh, you, you go ahead with one, too. Um, I, I got a couple, but I, I will start with Wei Chung Wang. Um, Who's interesting because he's a Rule 5 pick who pretty much this year made the jump from the GCL to the big leagues. If he's not the first guy who made that jump and, and actually stuck as a Rule 5 guy, he, he's got to be in a, in a very, 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 very short list. Um, 
you know, he has had a, a, a little bit of a disabled list trip and all, which if you're a Rule 5 pick is, is the, what that's what the organization calls a win. Um, <laughs> but so this will get a chance to get him some, some much more significant innings than he's gotten at, at any point this year. So kind of gives the Brewers a little chance to figure out what they've got there. Um, I'll give another one, then you can go back to you. Um, Tyler Wagner, great year, great year in the uh, Florida State League this year. More of a kind of a feel guy, change up, you know, than a blow you away with stuff guy. But in a, pitching is always at a premium in the Arizona Fall. Pitching actually is not always at a premium because, really, to be honest, the games who wins them is not something that anyone cares about. But you do want to watch a guy who. This is a very good test for him. He's done really well in the FSL. This is a much more difficult hitting, you know, pitching environment than the FSL. He'll be facing more advanced hitters. I'll be interested to see what, what Tyler Wagner does. Uh, Zach Davies. He gave me, he got the best changeup in, uh, in the Eastern League for our best tools. I think, you know, he got, he got, he got votes for the best changeup. Okay. Henry Owens won it. Um, yes, Henry Owens should win that. But... Uh, just, just looking, just getting there. I want to see what that changeup looks like, and I want to see, you know, if this guy's the real deal or if he's just a one-pitch guy that, you know, kind of gets guys out on just the strength of that changeup alone. Okay, now we're going to position ping pong to the position players. We'll start again with you, guy you're interested in seeing. You know where I'm going. I'm going. Oh. I'm going Tim Anderson. Of course. That's that's my favorite. I the, I saw him early this year, and he was awesome, and he's been my favorite all year. I mean. I saw Gallup. And he's again yeah. missed some time this year, so yeah, this is a good chance now. to get at bats. He's back now after that broken wrist and surprise promotion to uh, to Birmingham. It's the White Sox, so you can never call it a surprise promotion. White Sox promote like you know all the time. Yeah, well, he's um, he went like seven for his first eight in the first two games, and his first double A home run last night. So you know, I think they're recommending broken wrists for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer: Do not recommend broken wrists for every hitter. <laughs> Just getting we, 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 that's, the, that's the new trend. It's, the trend's been that high school pitchers who want to get their TGA out of the way so they can throw harder. Now it's like. Break my wrist so I can hit better. No. Everybody's going to their local local branch of the mob and just saying, "Yeah, I reneged on a debt." <laughs> <laughs> just aim for the wrist. Uh, but he was really awesome. I want to see him more at shortstop. Um, I, I hope that's what they play. I mean, it just lists the infielder here, but we'll see if he sticks there. But like I said, it's a, a, and that because that's a question. Yeah, uh, just looking at that. There's a couple guys here that might not stick to shortstop in Seager and Anderson. But, I think in Seeger's case, it's not that he might not stick at shortstop. It, it, the next guy you find who says, yeah, that's a big league shortstop, will be the first probably in Corey Seeger's case. See, we got a good second baseman here in Devon Travis. Uh, there's probably a couple other here. Who also has missed some time this year, if I remember correctly. So, which is probably why he's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that ping pong's back to me. Stephen Moyes had a great year. Who got hurt last night. Mm. So he may be one of the guys that, you know, we, what, what was the injury last night? I, I don't remember seeing it, but he limped off the field after doing something to his leg or something. But Moyes had a great year, um, an outstanding year. I think he set a, uh, an eerie record for extra base hits where he's on pace to and all that. 34 home runs. 34 home runs. And I, I know in our way, but I, I, when I'm talking to scouts, you get a lot of skeptical scouts. Um, you know, he, he's a massive, massive, you know, he's listed 6'6", 230. Uh, but, and maybe it's just that he takes a, a weird and a poor BP. We saw that at Futures game. That, you know, maybe that shouldn't take, but he's, he's a guy who, maybe partly also because he's 6'6", but there is concerns about how much he's going to be able to, to really uh, make, you know, is his contact going to be enough 
at the major league level. Yes, the strikeout to walk rate of eleven to one kind of gives them some. That is a that's a significant concern. We also, when you're out there, if you get a chance, I'd love to hear an answer to the most baffling part of the futures game BP that we both witnessed, which was Stephen. Did he not switch over and hit right-handed for one? Yes, he made me very confused. Because I was I was out there trying to get BP from everybody, and if they're switch hitters both sides, and I think I accomplished that goal. But then I looked, I saw him jump over, and I looked at the roster and looked back at him, back at the roster, back at him. And I'm like, what is going on? What are you doing, son? And was, I don't know either. Just messing around, I guess. Back to you. Uh, let's see, who else here do I like? Uh, you can take Seeger, by the way, if you want. No, Seeger's cherry picking. I'll take. Uh, Dariel Alvarez, again, a guy who got a lot of votes for best arm in the Eastern League. So that's always kind of fun to see. There's a ball, there's a guy on first base, and a ball hit to right field. You're like, okay, come on, wind that sucker up and show me. And I'd, I'd like to see that happen in real life. And we also want to see, you know, he's, again, a guy who, who should be pretty close to the big leagues. So let's see if he's ready to make that, that jump next year, or at least to be in consideration. Back to me, uh, a lot of White Sox here. Ranger Ravel, Ravel, Ravelo, really, you know, a, a very interesting year. Double A Birmingham this year um, can really hit. There are some legitimate questions about profile and, and all that, you know, especially when you're talking about a a right right guy who doesn't have a whole lot of position flexibility. But he's a guy who, uh, again, if you can hit, you got some opportunities. He can hit. It'll be again. I, I'm not saying he's a outstanding prospect. He is interesting. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see what he does there because coming off of uh, again a pretty solid year in, in Double A. Um, before we move on to the next team, anyone else who, who jumps out to you? Uh, Tyrone Taylor is kind of interesting from the Brewers organization. A toolsy guy who you, know, you always like to see those guys because some of them are really good. Uh, Mike Ullman had a really kind of uh, a pretty impressive year last year and seems to have kind of thrown a lot of that back this year. Um, so this is kind of a, you know, a chance. Still a lot of questions about whether he's going to be able to catch. He's, he's, he is the epitome of the extremely tall catcher at 6'5". Um, again, not a whole lot of guys who can do that. There are a few, but, but not a whole lot. So, again, for him, uh, a chance to kind of you know, put a nice ending to a season. So that's Glendale. Let's move on next. Mesa, the Solar Sox. So this is uh, Cubs. Angels, Nationals, uh, Blue Jays, and uh, uh, Athletics. So uh, we're not going to be talking a whole lot about the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays still have four pitching slots that are TBA. Um, so when you, if you're wondering why we're not talking about Blue Jays pitchers, it's because the Blue Jays don't know who, which pitchers are going to be going there. But we know their initials are going to be TBA, so it yeah, kind of narrows down the field. TBA is, is going to be very important at the, uh, you know, we see TBA popping up on a lot of these teams a little bit. So the rosters will continue to change. But we'll start it off with you again, Bear. Uh, pitcher. This, this may not take long on the pitchers this time, but pitcher. I could surprise you, but I will not. No, you're gonna, I'm giving you the, uh, the, the the pole position on this one makes for a pretty easy choice, I think. C.J. Edwards, of yes. course. Um, there is a guy who, who makes skinny, uh, he takes skinny to the max. That guy makes Edouard Ramirez look like John Candy. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a skinny wow, guy. I, I like the Edouard Ramirez, uh, <laughs> you know, 
That's like me, you, and a couple of Yankees fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Edward Ramirez, the man with the 70 changeup and nothing else. All right, fine. Indie uh, ball guy. I, I love it. No, I do love it. A Carlos, Carlos Tochi. He makes Carlos Tochi okay. look like Louis Anderson. Reference a few other of our listeners may actually know. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, he missed a lot of the year with... Uh, shoulder fatigue. Yeah, shoulder. And now he's back, and, and now he's... Asterisk disclaimer on that. We're doing this. I don't, I'm not checking the internet for that. If I remember correctly, it was shoulder fatigue. I, I think so, too. Um, in either case, he's back, and he's looking real good. Well, at least box score looking real good. Striking, he's right eight in five innings his last time, and it was similarly good his last time out. So now it's, he needs more innings under his belt. And, you know, that belt is, you know, I don't know, like a 22 waist. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's back and ready. Okay, back to me. I'm going to go, again, we're five pitchers short on this list, so it's a little thinner, but... Trevor Gott. And I say that because in a year where the Angels have pretty much hung the clearance sale sign on their farm system and pretty much like anything, not anything must go, but anything will go if it can help us win this year. And I don't even know if they're done because after this Garrett Richards injury, maybe they're still, you know, going to look at a starting pitcher. But Trevor Gott's the, the one prospect they brought in in the process. Not a blow-you-away prospect, but in kind of a, a, a useful, intriguing uh, relief pitcher prospect. And, again, I'm not even – they're looking for a starting pitcher. If they're looking for a starting pitcher, they don't have a whole lot of guys, a, a whole lot of inventory to offer at this point. So Trevor Gott maybe could be one of the guys that they would be offering in a deal to, uh, to, uh, to bring in a starting pitcher for the stretch run here. We've got – you know, it's, if they're going to make a move, it's going to be pretty soon because uh, September 1st and the uh, playoff roster deadline is, is real soon. But but Trevor got, got a pretty good fastball, been in double-A this year for, you know, them and the Padres. Worth, came over in the Houston Street trade, worth, worth watching. Um, I will surprise you now. I will go with Ivan Pinheiro, who I saw in – he was, he was in Staten Island. He was pitching for Auburn at the time back in the day. And his delivery reminded me so much of Pedro Martinez that I still can't get it out of my head. His changeup was really, really good, and I just loved him. And uh, here he is again. He's kind of he's kind of rewarding me, saying, "Well, first of all, he missed a lot of time, but he's going to the uh, Arizona Fall League, so the Cubs must must think something of him." And I'll counter that with maybe they don't, because also Gerardo Concepcion is here, who I, I'm not as uh, enamored with his prospect status. Uh. You know, don't want to bang on him too much, but... Uh, well, I'll counter that with C.J. Edwards is here, so... Yes, you know, that's true. But, so, uh, I'll throw another angel out also, Mark Sappington. Um, pretty poor year this year. A guy who, again, in a pretty thin Angels farm system, they're, if you said a guy who would be a bounce-back candidate for them, I think Sappington would be one of those guys for next year, but he can kind of get that started a little bit. But it's been a pretty poor year for him uh, this year. Really kind of took a step back. That moves us on to position players, because... Really, we're running out of pitchers to talk about there. Mm-hmm. So, position players. Again, you get the full position. Okay. Um, this will uh, take a little longer. I will go with Matt Olson because I like Adam Dunn-like players. <laughs> and the year he... If you like those, Matt Olson's your man. I like that kind of stuff. I also like to see long home runs. And uh, that's a guy who... He's, he's uh, I think he's got 34, 30, 36 home runs this year. Uh, in the Cal League, granted. A gazillion walks. A gazillion walks and a gazillion strikeouts. And a batting average that only a mother could love. That's true. But a, uh, but an on-base percentage, like 
you know, mother and father could love. And Billy Bean could approve of, too. Yes, well, anybody could. But uh, either way, he's, a, he's that guy. He's that Adam Dunn in the minor leagues right now, which is weird because I don't think that was his scouting report coming out of college. Um, but, uh, you know, he's going to be interesting to watch just to see if he's the real deal. This is a great infield. Yeah, it really, it's a, it's it is an a, A's and former A's infield. <laughs> Addison Russell, you're just, Addison Russell gets to reunite with some of his old friends, you know, from the A's organization. And it feels so good. Um, but yeah, Addison Russell jumps out on here, obviously, uh, the second best prospect, I believe, going to the, uh, fall league this year. A certain guy named Buxton, uh. If he makes it there, um, he's on the roster right now. You know, he's number one. Um, but uh, but obviously with Russell, there's not a whole lot left to prove in Double A for him. He's kind of done that. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot of time left to prove it anyway. Yeah, not, yeah. And uh, you know, he goes to the Arizona Fall League. Again, if he was with the A's, I would still with the A's. I'd be saying you're looking at your 2015 starting shortstop. I can't say that with the Cubs because who knows who's going to be the starting shortstop. But I, I would say that he's a Cub at some point in 2015 and uh, a very good one at some point in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, so, I mean, just the rest of this infield has where we have, we have Olsen, we have Well, Russell. you take another guy. I don't want you know, don't take them all. Well, I just want to name them for the people. Well, we'll get, we'll get there because we can right. have to stay on the infield, and then we'll do a couple of outfitters. All right, I'll go with a fellow, uh, with a fellow short guy, uh, Tony Renda, who's had a very quietly good season. He's, he's a batting 300 and he's a guy who's going to have to hit his way to the big leagues and he's going to have to Altuve his way. He's going to well, he's bigger than Altuve though. Yeah, but so are most house cats. Yes. <laughs> um that's an Aaron Fit favorite too is uh, is Tony Renda. But you know, I So of uh, the three of you guys, who's the tallest? Tony Renda, you or Aaron Fit? I think well, I haven't never really measured Tony Renda. I th- think it's pretty even if it's if there's a, a clear winner it's by like a quarter of an inch okay so it's a, it depends so on who wears their hair a certain the, way the, it's the fan club basically it, y'all are all the you know the if renda spikes his hair if fit spikes his hair he might win but you can't do that not right now i can grow it out and spike it but um but uh but tony renda no interesting guy I, i'm gonna come back with another a daniel robertson um who the shortstop of the future now yeah the second baseman of the future he, middle infielder of the future yes. for the A's, uh, who really at this point is probably their number one prospect uh, after all the moves. I think he was in our midseason after, after yep. the Russell trade. Um, you know, again, very solid season, Cal League. But, uh, again, you see a lot of guys. There's all this thought, you know, there, there's supposedly rules about the AFL and Class A guys and all. Those rules are really not rules. No. They're, they're pretty... Um, those rules are kind of along the lines of the speed limit's 55, you know, like, okay. But if you go 60, no one's going to really bother you that much. Yeah, but I think Unless they're you're more, in Virginia. I think they're more like um, those rules that you see on the books that are so arcane. Like, there was one that I saw yesterday that uh, a fish may not uh, go in someone's car unless the bowl is lying flat or something to do with a goldfish. Those kind of rules. Yeah. Like they're on the books, they're just not enforced. I mean, I, looking at this... That the way to put it is, is if you're looking at this Mesa Solar Sox position players, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the guys were playing in are playing in high class A. One, two, three, four, four are playing. Five are playing in Double A. No one in Triple A. And if you look at this roster, about to point out a typo here, Dan Vogelbach is, is zero inches tall. That and two fifty. That's. 
That's, that's a pretty significant body mass. Well, that's a that's a, that's a that's a frame Is that only. Your next guy that you're gonna go? I suppose so. Yeah, there's another guy who's who's. He was in the top ten of our Cubs. I, I feel like he almost gets forgotten because the it's Cubs a, have so many guys. I was doing that yesterday with um, when we did our roundup. I was doing Giosca Maya and I was, nobody says his name anymore. No, because <laughs> you have to be like, okay, well, he's like the Cubs' like twenty second best guy or so. Like if you were if we were doing Glaber like, Torres, the guy to me is this Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres is having an outstanding year in the AZL. Um, really, you know, great and. If this was like if this was the Angels organization, and there aren't a whole lot of Angels fans who really are like passionately following the farm system on a regular basis, and I understand why, but you'd be like, this is the guy. For the Cubs, it's like, oh yeah, Glaber Torres, yeah, the guy got a lot of money not that long ago, and is playing really good defense and hitting in the you know AZL as a very young player. Yeah, you just forget about him. Yeah, I will counter that with Glaber Torres. For me, is always going to be the guy who got picked off of second by a 15-year-old in the DPL showcase. I, I, I do think at some point Glaber may uh, make that the second memory you have for Glaber. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting picked up by a 15-year-old is going to do it for me forever. Um, well, we were talking about Dan Vogelbach. Anyway, he's at the <clears throat> he's the second he's in that second tier of Cubs prospects, which is there's like four or five tiers, uh, and he's had not a great year in high class A, uh, but he's another guy who's he's a first baseman and he's going to be a first baseman. He's got or DH. Many... <laughs> that's not for the Cubs. No, say, but those are his only two options. <laughs> that would be that's that's uh, Theo and Jed's next move is to get the DH in the National League, for which I would that love would, them. That would help them. That would help, that would help everybody. But it would really help them. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, they're like, oh, that solves our surplus problem, uh, at least a little bit. Um, I, you know, two more guys in the infield. Again, we're going through a lot of infielders here, obviously. But I'll just finish up with uh, Caleb Cowart. Um, Caleb Cowart should be the number one prospect in the Angels system at this point. He's not, but he should be um, because, you know, there's just not much left. Um, does, does Trout have eligibility? No. But, uh, and then, you know, Eric Stamets can play, really play defense. There's always been questions about he can hit, and those questions seem to get louder by the year. Uh, so before we move on, I, I do want to make sure we touch on the, uh, the outfielders. Yeah, they, they they deserve to be touched I, on. Number one, I give you the poll. I keep giving you the poll position, and I know you're going to take the guy who is the most interesting guy. Well, I am going to go with Dalton Pompey. <laughs> There's another. They, the Blue Jays have had two guys this year who have really just jumped uh, in Pompey and in Dan Norris. And and when we say Pompey's jump, Dan Norris has one mighty leap for Blue Jays kind. I mean that to go from. Uh, Dude who has a cool car and and really good you know stuff, but me you know mediocre results in low A last year, to lefty throwing ninety seven with three potential pluses in triple A in triple A and he's going to be in the big leagues probably next week. Yeah, I think they think they already told him that. Yeah, uh, they, that was he should be. So, yeah, uh, although he had a bad outing last night. Again, there's been a spate of really good matchups lately. So last night it was Daniel Norris versus Henry Owens, and that was pretty cool. And Henry Owens outdueled him pretty soundly. Because you know Dan Norris threw a clunker for the first time, um, so you can go ahead. But anyway, Dalton Pompey, and I'll, I'll just wrap this up for this one with Boog Powell. Uh, I just made it up to High A. Uh, I think he's on the High A roster, but he's had a 50 game suspension. So that's been the the big kind of the big story of his year. But a very good year, if not for the 50 game suspension. <laughs> you know, besides that, Miss Lincoln how was the play. You know, so that's kind of uh, a chance for him to kind of show. Uh, that he's kind of put that behind him. Again, there's a lot of redemption, rehab. So, 
moving on, the next one, Salt River, which the Raptors. Is, which is Ast- a beautiful stadium, and this year will house beautiful prospects. Astros, D-backs, Marlins, Rockies, Twins, um, as we do. You start us off, pitchers. Oakley doke. I'll leave your guy for no, you. No, you, you can take. Nope, you're going to leave your guy for you. Uh, we will take Archie Bradley, who. That's a pretty good one to take too. <laughs> I mean, that's like you're not. I'm not like leaving you slumming. No, not this roster. You're not slumming at all. Um, in any case, Archie Bradley's a guy who had some uh, some elbow issues earlier in the year, and he was one of the lucky chosen few who avoided uh, James Andrews' scalpel. Um, but he's also, I thought it was interesting, early in the year, uh, the D-backs pitching coach came out and had some pretty disparaging words for his uh, his command and his arsenal and people who thought that you know, he was going to be in the big leagues in June or whatever, or people who might have put them on their, on their fantasy team. <clears throat> Me. Uh, but he's back, and he's, you know, he's not been great this year. He's walked a lot of guys. I think it was like 36 and 51 innings or something since he's been back in double-A. And, but you know he's he's always he's got that intriguing potential that the big fastball and you know the stuff that we made uh, publications like us write about him as their number one prospect and you know, you want to get a look at him and selfishly I've never gotten a look at him so I'd like to get a look at him I've seen him <laughs> I've seen films uh, no I've seen him in person but uh, okay uh, back to me Mark Appel um, yeah. who coming off of a great 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 start last night uh, I'll give you a moment to talk about that um, but. I find Mark Appel fascinating. Um, you know, I have for a long time, but uh, I give him a lot of credit because after escaping Lancaster, he has been significantly better. Not, I'm not talking about the results. I'm talking about the, the most important thing is that the stuff has been more consistent. Uh, when he was in Lancaster, you did not know which Mark Appel you were going to get on a given night. He's much more, I mean, you would, some nights it was, you know, 95, 96. Some nights it was 91, 92. See, the results-wise, you were either going to get the bad Mark Appel or the really bad right. Mark Appel. That was generally what you were going to get. But as yes. far as stuff, you were you were going to get uh, a pretty wide range. He's been much more consistent, it seems like, uh, in, his, you know, in AA as far as having his stuff. Um, I, I still think, you know, elevates the fastball, uh, which is, even with the velocity, is, is more hittable than it should be, you would think, for a fastball of his velo. But, uh, but... Definitely a much better second half, much better final, really month and a half of the season than the first uh, two and a half, three and a half months. So, but it'll be very interesting to see him. Um, I'll be interested to see if he if he pitches there the whole year, uh, you know, whole the whole fall league. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know how many innings they're looking to get him there, but but that'll be an, obviously an interesting guy to watch. I will go with my boy Jimmy Scherfe, uh former former Oregon closer. And you know he's a guy who has a big fastball. He's a shorter guy, big fastball, shorter guy with a with a, a nice little nasty slider. He's gotten hit a bit this year, but you know I I like uh, I told you I like uh, uh, I don't remember what I said I liked earlier, but I like a lot of stuff. So you do. <laughs> oh, as Adam Dunn, guys. In any case, uh, give me give me two nasty pitches and let me see him close. I think that'll be really interesting to see. Although with Enrique Burgos on this roster, I don't know if he is a closer, but. I don't really think yeah, they yeah, have I was a, gonna say, they if you're have really a, worried about your your uh, AFL fantasy league who's gonna get the saves, uh, you have a problem and you need to. Have there are some guys that I'm sure there's someone out there who who has an AFL fantasy league, 
That would be both awesome and frightening at the same time. I I would actually probably go frightening because like there's a lot of roster movement there too. Like oh yeah, so and so got sent away. That's gonna crush my opponent. <laughs> About an AFL dynasty how league. Many, how many? Oh, <laughs> how many teams could you do in an AFL fantasy? There's six teams, so you could probably do. It'd be like a, the good thing about it is you only need four guys. Yeah. You know now the other problem is is that this may be one of the few leagues that you actually still have to do the old school by hand stats because I, I don't think you can find anyone who will provide a stat provider. You know you're, you're not signing up on Yahoo or ESPN for your AFL fantasy league. Coming soon, baseball, baseball America. America. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> um, I guess that can't means... promise that. If someone hey, if someone wants to program it for us. Great. I did that once for uh, when I was covering the, the the Thunder. I did a Yankee system only fantasy league, and I I didn't play, but I ran it, and I had to take all the stats by hand every week. And well, I hated myself for a while. That Dude, was a really poor decision. I'm significantly older than you, so I I can tell you that I was in fantasy leagues before there was the internet. So. You ran your league on a weekly transactions basis, and it was always about getting the baseball weekly on Wednesday. And then we didn't have spreadsheets to do it in. Then by hand, figuring out the stats, it was sad. And you rode a triceratops up, up both hill both ways in the snow, yes, exactly. and you took down the league on slate. Yes, it, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that comes back to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, a couple ways I could go here, but I'm going to go Jason Adam. Uh, I'll leave Vince Velasquez to you because I'm going to go Jason Adam. Uh, just traded to the Twins. Useful for him. He's a guy that's a useful Rule 5. Uh, he's a Rule 5 eligible this year, so I'm pretty confident that you're going to see him on the, the Twins 40-man. They just traded for him. But uh, Josh Willingham trade. But it, it is a, kind of a, a way to kind of get that final little confirmation that, yes, we want to protect him. Um is he a starter? I think that's what the Twins are going to try. Or is he a reliever? His velo has been up and down and up and down over the years. At his best, you see 94, 95. You even saw right when he signed, 97. At his worst, he's kind of an 88, 91, 92 guy as a starter. He's been a little better than that velo, a little worse than that results-wise lately. But he's uh, useful to see again and also to see what kind of role he's going to have there. Is he going to pitch out of the pen or is he going to start? So... I'm going to go with Enrique Burgos. All right. Because I saw him at the Cal League All-Star Game, Cal California League All-Star Game, which was in Wilmington this year, and I saw my first 90-mile-an-hour slider, which was kind of... And then of, you saw another one. I, I did. I don't remember where. Carlos Rodon. Thank, thank you. Yes, Carlos Rodon. I saw a 90-mile-an-hour slider. Um, two different bodies, for sure. This is a... Just a touch. This is a 6'4", 200, which seems generous on the... It seems conservative. On the low side. On the low side, 6'4", 200 right-hander, who brings his fastball to at least 99. I only saw 99 that day, but I'm sure he can pop that triple digits if he wants. And like I said, with Jimmy Scherfe, you know, two-pitch dynamite reliever. Let me see how how hot you can get that gun, son. (laughs) Which is always fun. Yeah. Um, And and then I'll I'll wrap up our look at the pitchers. Uh, We could go deeper even, but uh, Vincent Velasquez, uh, Astros pitcher who... Really kind of the, uh, coming off a year, he missed some time for groin injury, so this is a chance to catch up. Vince Velasquez, his big thing is he needs innings. He's a a pretty intriguing starting pitching prospect. One of the uh, one of the starters in the Astros system who is probably got less questions about whether he's going to start than a number of their guys. 
they have a, the Astros have a number of guys who, you, uh, you know, you've got Feliz, you've got McCullers, you've got Fulton Awich, guys who you say, okay, they're at least going to be really good power relievers, but will they be able to start? Velasquez stuff may not match every one of those guys, but um, but he, he probably has a little bit better chance to start. So I'll be interested to see him as he kind of catches up for lost time. Ping yeah. pong back to you for position players. I will start where you'd think I will start with Peter O'Brien, the uh, the catcher for the Diamondbacks, who is listed. And catcher. Uh, he's listed really? on here as a catcher. Listed on four. Listed on here. But if they are going to make use of him, he has to be a catcher. Because he can't play outfield. He can't play the outfield, and first base is locked up by this gold something. Gold. Schmidt? Schmidt? Gold. Go, I'm going to call him gold. Gold in my ear. Yeah. And she's at, she's at first. Uh, but in any case, Peter O'Brien, you know, he had 30, still is sitting on 34 home runs this year for the, in, in the minor league home run chase. He's going to end there because it sounds like he's shut down for the rest of the year because he fouled a ball off his shin. That's a shame. He gets to go to Reno next year, probably. He, he gets to go to Reno and he gets to go to the Fall League where he's, he is the reigning longest home run champion in the Fall League. So, he gets to try to defend his crown. Yes, but doesn't he, have as much competition this year with. Oh no. yes, he does. Aaron Judge is there. That's true. He is. <laughs> but I still say, last year you know, you had uh, Chris Bryant and also he had pretty good competition last year too. But yeah, yeah. sort of. Uh, anyway, Peter O'Brien's there, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him if he does get any time at first base. Uh, I have to imagine they've got four catchers. Yes, although one's on the taxi squad, which means you have to play while driving a taxi. Yeah, <laughs> that does limit you. You gotta get your hack license before the league. It's a very, very complicated process. Actually, you should take this time to explain what the taxi squad is. Yes, JJ. So the taxi squad guys, they're on the team. Congratulations, you're on the team. I got bad news for you. You get to play twice a week, and when I say you get to play twice a week, I mean that's it. Wednesdays, Saturdays. You know, like it's your special. You get to play day. Um, so, you know, everyone has a couple of guys on their team who are taxi squad guys. It, so, if you're Chris O'Dowd, who's the taxi squad catcher for uh, Salt River, you pretty much know there's a pretty good chance you're going to get to play on Wednesday. But it, and Saturday. And Saturday. But, uh, but otherwise, you are, uh, if you're Chris O'Dowd, you're catching a whole lot of pens probably. Uh, uh, that's pretty much Chris O'Dowd's other job for is catch pens in, a, you know, in, in Arizona. The other guy on this list who is the uh, the taxi squad is Houston infielder Joe Sclafani, who will be confused with Anthony DiSclafani, who is also on this team somehow. That is crazy. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's, there's, that is pretty insane. Um, thank you for leaving for me. Uh, I think I know which way I'm going to go here. Uh, there's a, on the roster Byron Buxton. Uh, a To call this year a brutal year for Byron Buxton doesn't do it justice. Um so he hurt his wrist, missed a whole lot of time, came back, hurt his wrist, missed some more time, came back, got promoted to double A. His first game in double A, he had a truly frightening outfield collision. Game was stopped for 30 minutes to get the ambulance to take him away. Prayer circles were formed. He's okay, it seems like, and now, you know. You know as okay as you could be when your brain rattles around in your skull. Right. Yeah, you always have to be concerned. I mean, he had a, you know, a pretty severe concussion. Twins fans know Corey, about concussions. Corey Koski says hello. So does you know, Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau, Corey Koski, Joe Maurer. Um, so, you know, so that's obviously a concern. I, I, 
this is a chance for him to get make up for some very lo- I mean, this was a lost season, a completely lost season for Byron Buxton. This gives him a chance to get some at-bats. At the same time, there's also a part of me, like, if you're Byron Buxton, you just want 2015 to get here as far as your professional baseball career because there's not going to be a whole lot of great memories about the 2014 season. Yeah, let's put it this way, too. He had two injuries and a concussion and still played more games than Miguel Sano. That is true. Who, it sounds like, will be in Fort Myers until December-ish and then go to uh, a winter league. I assume the Dominican, that's where he's yeah, played before. Yeah. Uh, Orientes, I believe, is his uh, team. Uh, the Estrellas. That's what, I think that's where he was when the injury happened. You know, he got shut down last year with the elbow that ended up leading to the TJ. So, back to you. Let's see, who else have we taken here? Do, 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 do. I will take Eddie Rosario. No, I will take Max Kepler. Okay. Because there's the weird guy who has played center field and first base this year. He, is a, he, he would fit in Cuba. There's a lot of first baseman center fielders in Cuba. There are not a lot of those guys elsewhere. But, He's a first baseman long term. He's not a center fielder. But are there a lot of first baseman slash center fielders born in Germany in Cuba? No. I do love that on the birthplace it has DE for Deutschland. Ah, uh, I thought that was Delaware. No, that's Deutschland. I thought that was a typo. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and again, Max Kepler, uh, Rule 5, you know, 40 man roster questions, all that. So Yeah, if he's a first baseman long term, that's going to be interesting. I think he is. Because he's going to have to mash. As, as uh, I, I mean, I, I think you, you got to be patient with the guy from Germany, but at the same time, you know, he, he's an interesting Rule 5 question, uh, you know, 40 man roster protect question. So. Um, back to me, Rio Ruiz, third baseman for the Astros. Doing a lot of Astros here, but uh, probably it's probably partly because I do the Astros thirty, uh, top thirty. Uh, so I mentioned a lot of their guys. But Ruiz, very solid year in Lancaster this year. Again, if you're a hitter and you don't have a solid year in Lancaster, for shame. Yeah, um, but uh, but you know he's he's improved the last two years. Um, kind of. Is a guy to you really want to see? Okay, how good is he going to be? Long- well, really, the big question is: is is he a third baseman long term? I, I think that's a big question. We'll get to see a little bit more of that in the AFL. Is he a third baseman? I think it's kind of interesting that you have a guy named Rio on Salt River, which I think is cool. Just language joke uh, of the day. <laughs> hopefully, of ever. Um, who else are we going here? I will take Trevor Story, who. Not surprisingly, had a good first half in the Cal League because he it is the Cal League, and he was repeating it. And uh, now he well, you could say not surprisingly, but in his case, it is a little bit because he was terrible in the Cal League last year. Terrible. Second time's a charm. So, and then he's been not so good in Double A Tulsa. So let's see what kind of which which Trevor Story shows up, and if he is a shortstop um, for for Salt River here. Not a whole lot of other options as far as shortstops. So. No. Um, there, there's not an Addison Russell keeping him from playing the position here. I'll put it that way. No, uh, I don't even know who the other shortstop would be in this roster. Um, I, I'll finish this up with the position players for Salt River with uh, Brandon Drury. Uh, trade acquisition of the D-backs who has to look right now and go, uh-oh, has Jake Lamb taken my that spot? You know, there was kind of a, an opening for third base. I, I think Jake Lamb may uh, have... Be, I think right now at this point, Jake Lamb's clearly ahead of uh, a Drury on taking Jake, it. Jake Lamb, bear, personal cheese ball. Okay. Personal salmon ball. Well. Or a bear. Uh, so that wraps us up with Salt River. Moving on. 
Scottsdale, the Scorpions. This is Giants, Mets, Phillies, Pirates, Yankees. You start because I'm trying to find my Scottsdale roster. Okay. Hey, I get to start for once. Um, Tyler Glasnow, pretty easy. Tyler Glasnow, over the last, I mean, as a pro, his numbers have been insane. He always walks too many guys. He always allows no hits, which makes up for walking some guys. I, I think his, his ERA for this year, last I checked, was 1.36. I think his career ERA at this point is like 1.7. I think his career opponent's batting average at this point is something like 180, 185. Uh, just a uh, truly... Kind of unhittable, tall, six foot seven right hander for the Pirates. Um, there, the Pirates often are very conservative, moving guys. He stayed all year in Bradenton. You kind of got to wonder, okay, they've done this in the past with guys like he goes to EFL again. I can't. He he limit his innings are always limited, partly because they are very conservative with him, and also partly because he seems to struggle with his control so much at the start of the year that he's having a lot of three and two and three and four out you know inning outings, but. I kind of wonder with him if he's going to uh, kind of use this, and, and the next year it could be a two-level year for him, double-A AA and triple-A if he pitches pretty well. So, ping-pong, back to you. I will continue my love of, of hard-throwing relievers and go with Hunter Strickland. who I, I left him for you because I knew you were going to go that way. But I thought about another one, which I will go to next. Uh, saw him this year in Richmond. Um, he throws hard. 97 to 99 when I saw him with a big old slider, and I've heard there's a changeup in there that happens once or twice every blue moon, but it's just fun to watch him, you know, throw, and it's not straight, so it's 97-99 with not straight, and he came over in the Adam LaRoche trade, I believe, and has dealt with Tommy Johnson. He's an older fella, as old, well, according to this. Yeah, I was going to say, that, 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 that DOB on here. Not accurate. No, on this... Raul Mondesi would go, wow, there's someone younger in the league than me? No. No, this even Julio Urias would go, wow, man. <laughs> How are you doing this at this age? <laughs> wow, man. You, the, the official, on the official roster, the date of birth is, uh, is in 98. Um, Which would be interesting, because if you would have, not only you'd have a 1998 guy, but you'd have a 1998 guy with that stuff, who they've already said, you know what, <laughs> you're in the bullpen. <laughs> well, not that, but he's on the same team of Eric Cordier, who uh, would be 12 years his elder. <laughs> but, sorry, continue on. Uh, All right, that, that's yeah, I think he's like 24, I think. 24, 25. Yeah, he's, 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 already, he's already on his you know, on, on second team. Uh, yeah, so if he's 24 and, or if he's, if he's 1998, <laughs> and he's 16 and on his second team. And had a TJ. <laughs> Good for him. He's lived there were some labor laws that were broken. I was going to say, he's lived a lot of life for a 16-year-old. Uh, but uh, um, So that's back to me. Um, I'm going to stay on the Pirates approach because Adrian Sampson, I, I might go Pirate, Pirate, Pirate here, but Adrian Sampson, um, really, really good year. Uh, I, I think there's still a little bit of what do you have kind of questions. So, you know, I, I think that's what you're going to see here with uh, with with the Pirates, with, uh, with Sampson, but... It, they're, the Pirates are going to make this a very probably one of the probably the best starting pitching staff we're going to see in uh, in, in the AFL. So uh, back to you. Okay, um, I will continue my run of relievers and go with Nephi Ogando, one of the two interesting guys the Phillies have sent. Um, he throws very hard as well, but he on at times couldn't find the strike zone with Rand McNally on a Garmin. Um, so he's a guy who I've gotten lots of good reviews on this year. Like, oh, his stuff is really good, you know, up to 99 again. But, man, he just cannot find the strike zone. But 
When he does, it's fun to watch. Dr. B, I'm going to go a different approach right now. Former pirate, mm. former royal, former brave. I could probably, if I mean, that's off the top of my head. If I look up his uh, stat page on her, I could probably, I might be able to come up with another team. But uh, Eric Cordier, who I, I'm, I'm going on that rip, still has great stuff. Went healthy, great stuff. But the, the main point I was going to make with, with him being here is, is that this, when it comes to the pitchers who are, uh, you know, at the AFL, every team has to send a, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a full slate. You, you don't have a choice. You know, they, and so one of the things that happens with that, I, I can't tell you that Eric Cordier necessarily needs some AFL time. You know, uh, you are talking about a guy who uh, was a uh, 2004, uh, you know, he's been in pro ball since 04. The AFL is not something where you say, well, you know, if he just gets a little bit more polished, this is his, he, he's, he's been in pro ball for over 10 years. But you, you got to send, you know, your slate of guys. And so Eric Cordier is a safer guy to send than, you know, if you don't have, if you got some guy you feel like you're, you're up on your innings for a lot of guys. You send Eric Cordier. Nothing against Eric Cordier, but that's just the reality of it. You know, you're you're talking about a guy who's, again, he's he's been around a while, a long while. So, back to you. Okay, I will. End. Any other pitchers you you want, or you? Uh, I'm, we, you can talk about the Kingham if you want. Yeah, well, you, you can type Kingham. I'll, I'll. No, you take him. You can you continue your Pirates. Uh, Nick Kingham. Um, uh, again, another guy who. Had a, a, a pretty breakout first half of the season, I think you could say. Um, Pirates have a whole lot of intriguing guys who are not that far away from the big leagues. you got Tyone coming back next year. Glasnow will be in the upper minors. And then you have the guys like, like Samson and, and Kingham who are a little closer, and they have less this, lower ceilings. And they have this Polanco guy they should promote at some point. But I'm talking about pitchers. Though. Oh, I'm just saying on pitcher side that, that like you say – they have, they're going to have kind of uh, some enviable starting pitching depth because the best way I can put it is, is that I do think next year Nick Kinko's probably in AAA for them again, but he's a guy who if you need a guy to come up, I mean, I'll put it this way. The Tigers would love to have a Nick Kingham right now sitting around instead of going, uh-oh, okay, uh, Kyle Lobstein, Buck Farmer, you know, those guys – Nick Kingham would be, you know, those guys are making spot starts for the Tigers right now in a pennant race. Uh, Nick Kingham, you know, again, to have a couple of Nick Kingham's around would be pretty useful. Okay. Well, we can go to the position players now, and I will stick with the Pirate train. We will go with Elias Diaz, who won best defensive catcher in uh, the best tools. You know, I think we got nine votes back for that, and he got six of them, which, you know, knocked me over with a feather. I thought it was going to be Blake Swihart, the uh, the brand name, the Pepsi to everyone else's tab. Uh, but no, Elias Diaz got... I love that you had Pepsi as, like, the big name, because, like, you know, Coke is the uh, is the monolith in the uh, soft drink. Uh, Pepsi's kind of the, the scrappy upstart. Tab is like the, well, my heyday was 1980, you know, kind of part. Does they still sell Tab? I don't know. Maybe, but... I guess, as far as your monolith comment, I can say, guess not. <laughs> um, in any case, Elias Diaz, I don't know whether he Bear, drinks. giant Pepsi supporter. <laughs> as are most bears. Um, I don't know which, which, which soft drink Elias Diaz drinks, 
Uh, but either way, whatever he's drank makes, makes him a really good defensive catcher. He gets raised for his blocking, his throwing, his his receiving, his game calling. And, you know, he's held his own with the bat this year. I've got one evaluator say he could be a 10-year major leaguer for him. Um, he's in AAA right now. and you know After spending most of the year in AA this year. Though. Right. Um, and... You know Russell Martin's in uh, in Pittsburgh right now. I don't know off the top of my head know what his contract situation is like. Uh, free agent at the end of the year. So that's a good contract situation to have if you're him and or Elias Diaz, depending on how the market bears for him. Um, this could be the guy who's up next. I know you got Tony Sanchez there, but yeah, that he doesn't seem to have proved himself. Um, I, no, think, I think I think Elias is a potentially a very useful backup cut. I don't think he's a regular at the big league level. I think too many questions about the bat, but. I but, think, but this is a position where you don't have to be Mike Piazza. Right, or but even. usually the guys, I mean, some of them, yeah, you, you're right. He could end up being more than that, but I think he's at least pretty safe to be that, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, a pretty safe backup who could be more. Um, to me, man, this Pirates, you know, the Pirates have a loaded farm system, and we're kind of seeing the proof of it here because there's a whole lot of interesting, if you're a Pirates fan, the AFL, Scottsdale's a good trip to make. Josh Bell, and I bring him up not just because Josh Bell's had an amazing year uh, in the uh, FSL, just recently promoted, uh, probably going to win the FSL batting title by a gazillion points. Might sneak into the Eastern League top 20. Might get enough ABs. Um, but probably most important thing here is, is where he's listed on the roster. Infielder. He's going to play first base. Uh, which makes sense, considering that they have a long-term outfield of Marte, McCutcheon, Polanco. He ain't moving those guys. So uh, they have a need at first base. Josh Bell could fill that need. So this is a chance to kind of give him a, some time at first base. Yay for him, and uh, we'll be very interested to watch that. Um, I will go with – we're sticking with infielders or we're just going to position No, you can go position players. All right, so I'm going to go with Aaron Judge, who to say he's a big human is really downplaying the word big. I watched Charleston earlier this year, and they had a team, like little team huddle where you expect, you know, if this is literally everybody's going to get there, or we're just slices afterwards. But there was like a, a group of heads, and then there was him just like looking down at everyone's scalp. This is a big, big boy. Six, what is he listed here? Six, seven, two, thirty, which is kind. He's more like six, seven, two, seventy. He's a, you don't want to mess with him. Great and power. Great power. Uh, serviceable or outfielder with good arm in a, in a field, but what you're watching for with Aaron Judge is how far can he hit the ball. We mentioned earlier... And you, you're, you mentioned your Adam Dunn types. He also knows he understands the strike zone, draws a walk. Doesn't strike out as much as like a Matt Olson, right. but, but draws walks too. Yeah, but we'll get to the other guy who's the uh, batting eye supreme on this team later. Um, but so, but uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge, in any case, we're watching to see if he can hit a ball out of how many stadiums. Back to me, I'll go with Matt Reynolds. Uh, Mets second rounder from 2012, who had to say that he had a terrible 2013 season is, is really um, not doing it justice. Uh, FSL in 2013, 226, 302, 337 Blurg. as a 22-year-old. That's not good. What he did this year, though, they did send him to, to, to double A anyway, where he hit 355, 430, 422. He's gone to Vegas, where he's hit 340, 395, 490. So 
again, now Vegas is a great place to hit, but that is an outstanding year. Um, you know, little question, as there are, seems like with a lot of Mets shortstops, about whether he's a long-term shortstop or not, but great year, kind of another, another, you know, okay, let's even just build on, if Byron Buxton is ready for 2015 to get here, Matt Reynolds doesn't want 2014 to end because it's been an outstanding, outstanding year for him. Okay. Um, I will go to – where was I going to go? Oh, Roman Quinn. Um, we talked about how big Aaron Judge is. He's going to stand in right field next to Roman Quinn, who is listed as 5'10", 170. And he is he's a converted, center, uh, converted shortstop in the center field, um, where he was converted from center field to shortstop. Um but he's there because of the presence of J.P. Crawford, who has done very, very well at two levels this year. Um, he's very, very fast. So you could play. This is the Scottsdale team. So you could play two actual scorpions in <laughs> right and left, right and center, uh, right and left field. And I think you'd still have a serviceable outfield range with Roman. Actually, Quinn maybe not because they would sting Quinn when he came over. Which and Quinn's had enough injury problems already. He does not need more. <laughs> Indeed, uh, he's he's just fun to watch. He's a he's a slap hitter with little power who can. And I said a little, little power, who is going to scorch up the base pads. Before I came here, I got to see him in Lakewood, and he had a 14-second flat inside the park home run for me at Lakewood, which might have been the most exciting thing I've ever watched personally. Um, so he, he's just fun to watch in the guy who's really fast in the same way Billy Hamilton's fun to watch because he's really fast, and Terrence Gore is really fun to watch because he's really fast, and you know, insert a guy who's really fast here. Um, and then, uh, okay, coming back to me, I'll stay with a, another uh, Matt, Brandon Nemo. Uh, if, if Matt Reynolds doesn't want the season in, Brandon Nemo kind of may wish that it had ended like the day he heard the announcement that he was getting promoted from high A. Great, you know, starting high A. Not as good in double A. Um, you know, but again, you made the jump during the middle of the season. Uh, very under good understanding of the strike zone. Is he going to be a center, you know, fielder long term? Is he going to hit for enough power? Is he going to be a center fielder with the Mets with Juan Lagares? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions there, so it'll be fun to watch to kind of see. Um, you know, there's still some questions there with Brandon Nemo. So, okay, so we'll go with what I, I, I kind of foreshadowed here with the batting eyes supreme is Greg Bird, yes. who drew a hundred something walks last year in the minor leagues, and he's not going to do that this year because he missed some time, but he's another one of those guys. I, I think you squint and you kind of see Matt Olson with him. Not as much power, a little more eye. Um, when you say not as much power, no, not no, not as much power. But he's got power, right? But not as much power. Not as much power as Matt Olson, but you know he's done it in Double A too. He's he's hit pretty well in Double A, um, and he's a guy last year that a lot of we're doing the the calls. Uh, a couple of Yankee evaluators were wondering why he doesn't get more burn, um, in, in terms of big name prospects, and he's gone out there and hit this year at two levels, and that's what you're gonna have to do. I, mean, I think. It's not going to be much fun to watch in the field because he's a first baseman only at this point. But, you know, I want to see if oh, – I've never seen him personally. I, well, yes, I have. But I want to see if, if the hype is real on Greg. Okay. That wraps us up for uh, for them because I did start for once. Uh, surprise. We're moving on to surprise. Mariners, Padres, Rangers, Red Sox, Reds. Two more teams to go. So uh, looking at surprise, you get to lead us off again. Okay, I will start with... We're, gonna, we're doing pitchers now? Pitchers. Okay. Um, wow. I will go with Nick Howard okay. uh, of the Reds. One of the two 2014, that we can see, 2014 draft picks who are here, uh, both on this team, as a matter of fact. Uh, 
I saw him once. This was a UVA closer. I saw him this year against Duke, and he was really good. Uh, big, big fastball, and again, you know my love of relievers. So I want to see you know what he looks like in pro ball because there's you know you, he. It's very, it's very, 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 very rare that you see a drafty pitcher, college pitcher, playing in the AFL the same year that he was drafted. Uh, but the Reds do this because they've been drafting. You know, I, I think they did it last year. They did it last with year, Lorenzen, yes, right? with Lorenzen as well. You're doing it with guys who are. It, it makes sense though if you're doing it with a guy who is a reliever. Um, I, I think I added it up, and, and Nick Howard's at 65 innings this year between college and pro ball. So. There's a lot of appearances there, but obviously that's not the same thing as uh, you know bringing a guy who has been in the starting rotation since February. And I'll put it this way: there's a reason we're not expecting to see Carlos Rodon on the AFL roster because he needs to be shut down at the end of September and say, "Okay, rest up for next year. You've pitched a lot this year." And also, that wouldn't be fair to the hitters in the AFL. That may be true too. So, uh, to me, Tehran Guerrero. Tehran uh, is got better than the best fastballs in the minors uh, at his best, uh, and from a massive, massive uh, six foot seven, that almost seems short for uh, for Guerrero. Six foot seven and one eighty nine. Yeah, he's he's skinny, but he's not that skinny uh, at this point. But um, but Tehran uh, rule five eligible, I believe, at the end of the year, if I remember correctly. So again, he's only pitched very few innings in high A. <laughs> So that's one of those you, you're making a, an evaluation on. The, the, there's two things. The Padres are making an evaluation. Do we put him on the 40 man? And everyone else is watching him to make an evaluation of do we pop him in the Rule 5 if they don't put him on the 40 man? So that'll be interesting to watch with, with him. My, my hope is that he gets popped in the Rule 5 by the Braves and he can one day relieve Julio Tehran. You have Tehran relieve Tehran. Um, that would be pretty cool. And, and in any case, I. I think the next most interesting guys on this list are the TBAs. So I suggest we move. Um, I'll throw one other. Um, uh, you know, you can talk about Stephen Landeruzzi, uh, Landazuri, I should say, who um, has had some injury problems from her in the past, but it's kind of a pitch feel guy more than a pure blow you away stuff. But yeah, we'll move on to the position players. Uh, okay. I will go with. I'm going to take the other 2014 draftee, Trey Turner. I've seen films. I've seen live films, otherwise known as games. Uh, I've seen him many times. And there's another, another this guy. Is, I, I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think that this is the most prospect-laden uh, position player group. Not for to have the best, but like... Well, also their infielders, there's like 10 of them. Right, but if you said, yeah. like, you could have a lineup on any given night where you have an outfield of Jesse Winker, Nick Williams, and Hunter Renfro, and then... Again, especially if like they play, they let you know some position versatility. You could have an infield of DJ Peterson, Trey Turner, Devin Marrero, Sean Coyle. I mean, that's Coyle could play some third. But where's uh, where's Turner going to play in this? I'm scenario? saying he's playing second in this scenario. So yeah. maybe he wouldn't, but you know, I'm <laughs> saying I'm putting him a second in this scenario. Uh, although probably Coyle would probably be the guy there more. But you know, Mejias Breen's kind of interesting. Yeah, so. You know, and then John Hicks and Luke Mail are not great prospects, but they're not. You know, they're those are probably future big leaguers at some point. You know, potentially. So that's a pretty position packed lineup. Uh, as I was saying with Turner, he's 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 dropped before dropped below four hundred this year in the uh, in the Midwest League. He's got to pick it up. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 
it's really for shame. Um, but he's at like three ninety two. Maybe he's, I think he was over last night, so he's like three eighty seven now in the in the Midwest League. So I don't know if he's quite answered the questions of whether he's going to hit because he's a college guy in low A. But you know he's put up really good numbers so far in his pro debut, and he was awesome to watch this year at NC State because uh, anything could happen at any time. He could drop a bunt and get down to first in you know, subhuman times. He, he, he could show you 80 speed. He could hit a ball out of the park. He could make a million cool plays at shortstop. He's just fun to watch. So I will be there for one Wednesday, so I will be trying to see him on that Wednesday. Because he is a taxi squatter. He is a taxi squat. Get that hack, li- hack license. Uh, get back to me. I'll, I'll go Jesse Winker. I uh, mentioned this a minute ago, but... Missed um, most of the second half, I think, like July 17th. He went down with a hand injury um, that he kind of missed the rest of the year. Best pure bat in the Reds organization. Um, had just reached double-A at the point when he uh, had the injury. So you kind of you look at him and say that, okay, they probably have a need in the outfield. If not, start of 2015, which he won't be ready for, but... By 2016, he probably should be ready. So this is kind of getting him some at-bats to get caught up a little bit. Ideally, that allows you to send him to double-A next year, but with the idea that maybe he gets a promotion to triple-A during the season. So so that will be a, a, a good guy to watch. Let's go with, uh, we're gonna go with a guy who takes Trey Turner's 80 speed and makes it pedestrian. We're going to go with Malik Smith and the guy who leads the minor leagues in stolen bases this year. And is also 80 speed. So let's see. I want to see a day where you get him and Turner one two in that lineup, and and Justin O'Connor behind the plate. That would be great. That would be amazing because Justin O'Connor is 2014 Austin Hedges as far as the fall league is concerned. That guy's got. Uh, they use that arm to to launch missiles from right, overseas. It is, it's, it, it may be. It's it's kind of the 80 catcher arm. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him. Uh, but he's not on this roster. Um, Which is good, because he would not get to throw these guys out if he was. Right. Um, aside, last, one of the coolest things I've gotten to see so far when I was here is uh, Austin Hedges last year. He threw out one runner at every base in the game. He threw it first, second, and third, which is good for him. Justin O'Connor's version of that uh, is the uh, try to pick a runner off of each base. Oh, goodness, yeah. Well, I don't know what he's at right now, but he leads the minors by a lot in uh, pickoffs. Uh, to make the comparison... I saw at some point this year. He's probably eclipsed it now. I think he's got more pickoffs than Andy Pettit did in his best season. Pretty good. Oof. Um, <laughs> back to me, DJ Peterson. Uh, really, really good year. He was kind of considered the second best uh, power bat in last year's draft. Chris Bryant being kind of the clear number one. And I think he's lived. He's somewhat lived up to that this year. Uh, the the scouting report has always been that you're talking about a short arm guy who has a pretty short stroke because of that. So he should be able to hit for some average to go with the power. I think he's at something like 28 homers right now. So, you know, again, part of that was in the Cal League, but it's been a very good year. Um, I think he's not all that far away. And for a Mariners team that's been collecting old uh, first baseman, you know, types, and kind of at this point I think Justin Smoke kind of has to fit in the retread category, um, he might be a guy who can kind of fix that going forward So in before too long. So... Uh, again, useful guy to watch. I'll go with Sean Coyle, who proves once again that short people do have reason to live. He's a. Uh, you a, like your short second baseman? I do like my short second baseman. He's five eight, listed uh, one seventy five. Takes a big, violent hack with a with a. Well, you know, you got to put on that as a Red Sox second baseman with a big, violent hack. What do you? And have? a cool beard. 
Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. yeah. But he's not Dustin Pedroia. He's, he, he's got a lot of power. I mean, he, right. it's, it's legit, but he's got the big leg kick, and I don't know how well that's going to play going forth. I'm a, I'm a virulently anti-leg kick guy. So, uh, Mookie Betts agrees. Mookie Betts does agree. Someone who had a leg kick and took it away. Yeah. Be like Mookie, everyone. That should be all your goal out there at Radio Land. Um, back to me. I mean, we could keep going on this team. Nick Williams. Um, Nick Williams has uh, probably some of some of the best hands at the plate in uh, in pro ball. Um, that doesn't always pay off for him because it, it does allow him to to kind of sometimes. Uh, you know, really kind of hit balls that maybe you should let go, but uh, but it does pay off for him in that he has a great line drive stroke and he has some power. Although I have a lot of scouts think that maybe he should work on the line drive stroke more than trying to hit for power, and the power will come. But very I, interesting guy. The funniest comment I got on Nick Williams this year was from a scout who said he runs like he's holding two suitcases, which isn't to say he's slow, but when he's he's running, he's got his arms by his side and his hands in fists, so it looks like he's holding two <laughs> suitcases. It's very weird. Maybe that was a training technique of him in the offseason or something. It's like... Uh, two Samsonites. It's like, I don't know if he makes enough money, but he could be a bellhop in the offseason. A very excited bellhop. Um, but uh, back to... So it's about, back to you. Okay, I foolishly switched my roster yeah, over, to, yet. over to Peoria, so I will look at yours. Um, who do we have left? Oh... Uh, oh, okay. Devin Marrero. I'll go with Devin Marrero. Yeah. Um, That's what I was pointing at for you. That is not who I thought you were pointing at. Um, a really good slick fielding shortstop who you know made it close in the Eastern League best tools between him and Francisco Lindor. Uh, it was neck and neck for a while. Um, a lot of guys talk about him being his, his, his makeup on the field is cocky, bordering, bordering on confidence, or confidence bordering on cockiness, depending on who you want to talk about. So basically, if you like him, it's confidence bordering on cocky. He's, if you don't like him, it's cockiness that over is over the top. He's Paul O'Neill in that way. If if he's on your team, you love him. If you're a fan of the 29 other teams, what a jerk, right? Um, but anyway, I, I, like an aside, uh, Clint Frazier. I'm looking for the guy who thinks that his is confidence bordering on cockiness. I haven't found that guy yet. They think his is cockiness. Sorry, a random aside. In, in any case, um, one thing that they told me about this year was. Uh, there was a play where the ball was popped up behind home plate. Oh, and it was so far that the runner on third was speedy enough that he might tag. Pitcher didn't back up. Devin Marrero backed up home plate. <laughs> so that's that kind of uh, that kind of instinctual stuff that really gets good grades from evaluators. The uh, the Derek Jeter flip play sort of instinctual grade. I'm serious when I say we could do multiple more guys on this team. Hunter Renfro, we haven't talked about. Kyle Waldrop, who's having a really good second half of the season, really good season. But I'll wrap us up here with uh, Patrick Kivelhan, who has put up a really good year, started here in high A, moved up to double A, had an excellent season, can really hit. The real question is, is if you ask me where he's going to play for surprise, I can't give you an answer. If you ask me where he's going to play for the Mariners long term, I really can't give you an answer. Like, this is just a typical week for Kivelhan. Okay, in the past week, he pinch hit, played third, played first, played center, played third, played center, played left. He's played right this year. Um, he's not a third baseman. I feel confident saying that. I don't think he's a center fielder long term. But he's a first baseman, left fielder, right fielder. Um, so, you know, who could play some other positions in a pinch? 
you still got to watch. That will wrap us up on surprise. We're already over the hour mark, and we still got a team to go. Kiblihan, by the way, 2013 Arizona Fall Class, Arizona Fall League class, repeating as well. Yes, uh, and we'll wrap up with Peoria. I know we're over an hour now. This one will not take as long. Uh, I think that's to say. So uh, what? If you're listening to this on a plane, you're you're saying go two hours. Cardinals, Braves, Indians, Rays, Royals. Uh, again, this is the one that when you know there, there's a lot of good Royals guys here. After that. Uh, you got some names. You got some names. You got some guys. There are films. Okay, go. All right, I will take Sam, Sammy T, Sammy Tui Valela. Yeah, Tui Valela. That you. guy um, who I've heard throws very, very hard and gets good results with it. I, you know, I haven't. Triple got, digit club? Yep, haven't gotten a chance to see him because Cardinals affiliates come nowhere near our fair burg. So, I do not. So I, I, would, I would like to see him in person and again. Show, break my radar. You want to see young the, man. You want to see the triple digits. Yep. And you could with him. Um, I'll come back with uh, Miguel Almonte, uh, pitching prospect for the Royals. Was in Wilmington this year. Not a great year in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see. My thought with Almonte always is he's kind of a lower slot guy. He's never developed a really good curveball. Uh, never really developed a mediocre curveball to be honest. He's got a great changeup and a solid, very good fastball at his best. But he, he needs a little bit something else. I wonder, is this the point where they say, okay, we realize you're not going to be able to throw a consistent curveball from that arm slot. We're going to give you a slider or a cutter. And at some point that needs to happen, I think. And at some point when that happens, I think you'll take a step forward. So I'll be interested to see if maybe is, is now the time when that starts. So back to you. Um, wow. With you want this, me to go again? I can. I can you, keep going. You. You can. Good. good. I'll keep rolling. I'm gonna. Roll, I'm gonna roll off five more pitchers. Well, good for you. <laughs> uh, Mitch Harris, uh, Cardinals. I'm just gonna roll these fast. Mitch Harris, Cardinals pitcher from the Naval Academy, who missed his first four years because of naval service. So he's kind of trying to catch up for lost time. Tyrell Jenkins, Cardinals pitcher who uh, missed time with you know had a shoulder uh, uh, surgery in the off season. Catching up for lost time with that. Came in middle of the season. Sounds like stuff's kind of come back. One of the best athletes in the Cardinals system. Uh, but his pitch, as a pitcher, he's kind of fallen behind a little bit uh, because he's missed some time and, and really has developed a little slower than maybe you would want. Um, Sam Selman, uh, lefty uh, pitcher for the Royals, who maybe he's just a reliever. I mean, when they drafted him out of Vanderbilt, they kind of hoped that maybe he'd start. Control problems have always been a problem. His control problems were such that his velo started dropping off because he was so worried about throwing strikes. So I think the Royals have kind of gone back to a let it rip, and but that probably means more likely that he ends up moving to the to the pen in the long term. Um, uh, and to wrap up, yeah, that's probably a good part to wrap up on that. We'll go to position players. We've talked about Justin O'Connor. And I will Great con- arm. And I will continue to say I like Justin O'Connor. That's going to be fun to watch. I want him to pick off several runners a game. Needs to work on his hitting. That's still a big question, so we'll see. That's kind yeah, of... but his, his glove, man. I mean, it, it, I, would you think and that his... would be good enough to get him to the, the big leagues? Not yet, because I don't think his receiving is at the same. His arm is outstanding, and he did win best defensive catcher you know, in the FSL. I think receiving-wise, still got a little bit to go. Um, we know you're a uh, pyrote- uh, pyrotechnics junkie, so if it's not a howitzer. Oh, yes. What is it? Laser, you could go with if you wanted to say Laser that it's a 50 caliber, 50 caliber sniper rifle. It's, 
accurate out to two and a half miles or something. That would, I would, you know, it's not a daisy, you know. Um, but uh, I staying on catchers, Tony Walters, another 2013 class of uh, AFL conversion guy who's made a pretty good conversion. He's thrown out 47 percent of runners this year. He's been pretty smooth behind the plate. Um, he looks pretty natural back there for a guy who has not been catching for very long. You know, it's funny with him. Dave Wallace, by the way, give him credit to their they, – On they, the staff. They, Dave Wallace on this staff was his manager last year. And in, his manager this year. And his manager this year. And that was intentional, I do think, on the Indians' part from the standpoint of that Dave Wallace is a catching guy. And so it was good to have, you know, like a guy, a manager who really understands catching working with the guy who needs to learn how to catch. A funny moment with him last year. I still this is up there with the why was Stephen Moya batting from the opposite side. Uh, at one point last year, he was catching for some reason, and somehow an Indians player came in to pitch, and an Indians player was at the plate. I don't know how it happened, but you do know it did. I do. I do know it did. I know. I looked at everybody behind me like, okay, what's going on here? This, this is the Arizona Fall League stuff happens. Um. Back to I'll, I'll take another one. Raul Mondesi, who uh, I'm pretty sure is the youngest guy here. Um, I would hope so. He, you know, except he, that 1998 guy we talked about. Yeah, earlier. yeah, that's that's um, To put it this way, uh, he's he's on a roster with guys, some guys who are uh, in Mitch Harris's case. Mitch Harris is just short of ten years old. He's he's nine years older, but almost ten years yeah, older. We've, we've, yeah, we've got guys born in the 80s. Well, Mitch Harris was born in 85, Raul Montesi born in 95. Excuse me, some of us were born in 85. So, yes, you're, as a prospect, I'm sorry, you're on the down, downside of your prospect status. Oh, lame. I'm just retired, as you know, at my age, um, if I was a player. Uh, but Montesi, who, again, he's shown flashes this year. By you know, it, it's, it's hard to evaluate a guy who's playing so far above his level as far as age and hadn't had a great year. But, but you know, he's hit four home runs, I think, in Wilmington. It not I mean, more than four home runs this year, but four home runs in Wilmington, which is pretty feats in, of strength. Yes, pretty insane for a guy who just turned 19. Hercules has trouble hitting out of that ballpark. Uh, back to you. Uh, yes. Where, who else did we take here? Do, do, do. Um, Patrick Leonard. There's mm-hmm. a guy with the Rays who's had a really good year. Former Royal. Yes, I was getting to that. Had a really good year, and he was the, well, that's the other guy in the uh, Will Myers trade with Montgomery and Myers and Odorizzi. And, and Odorizzi. And then there's this Patrick Leonard character who, uh, all right, we'll throw him in. And he's had a really solid year at high class, say, Charlotte. After, after a terrible year the year before. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, he was a guy the Royals were very high on uh, before they traded him. And I, you know, he's moved to first base now predominantly after being a third baseman. But, no, he's, he's interesting. Speaking of third baseman, Hunter Dozier there, who had a great first half in Wilmington, which is a brutal place to hit, and a not-so-great second half in northwest Arkansas. But... Still one of the better. I love his approach. Loves the middle of the field. You know, very professional at bats. Um, still learning the little, the finer points of third base play, but should be fine there. Uh, back to you. Uh, we could go with Bubba Starling, mm-hmm. who had a brutal first chunk of the year, and then went on a little bit of a hot stretch. But he's one of those guys where you're gonna have to be patient. I mean, he's where? Where is he? 92, so he's only 22 years old now. Um, he's one of those guys where if everything clicks, yay. But all of those and guys, it doesn't click. I was going to say, the, the shocking stat with him is, is that we've still seen, I think he has 32 pro home runs. Mm. Which, he's been around a little while. You know, the power, he, he just has never been able to really unlock the power 
because he doesn't make consistent enough contact. And we still haven't seen that. So, But he looks like Babe Ruth when compared to Larry Green. That is true. Lauded for his power, and I think he's got like three more home runs than I do in pro ball. Uh, I will wrap us up here with Kyle Wren, uh, taxi squatter, uh, leadoff hitter type uh, for the Braves. You know, does have a does have friends or family you know members in high places there, but mm-hmm. he he comes by it honestly. He's a legit prospect. It isn't something where you say he's only on this roster because his dad's the GM by any stretch. But. Taxi Squad, so again, yes. Wednesdays and Saturdays. Wednesdays and Saturdays. So, what are you doing this evening, JJ? I'm going to Burlington, I believe, uh, to see my Burlington, the Burlington Royals, my last trip of the regular season, probably my last trip of the regular season for minor league baseball. So right. Sniff, sniff. What about you? How many more games are you going to get to see during the regular season? Um, Depending on how my plans for the evening, fantasy football draft, shake out for tonight, I might join you. Um, and then I'll probably go tomorrow as well because I want to see the Screwball King himself. Is that tomorrow? I don't know. They're, it's the it's app, TBA last night. It's I the Appy League, so TBA is pitching every game. Because um, I was going to say, if it's Honeywell I, was tomorrow, I, I might... think Honeywell lines for tomorrow, but I've learned that trying to guess where a guy lines up in Appy League ball is a fool's gambit. Um, so if he pitches tonight, that's cool. But if he doesn't, that's kind to you. They've got Damian Carroll on that team. They've got Cam Varga on that team. Nick Wilson has so much power, it's ridiculous. We're talking about the Princeton Rays team, by the way. Um, Nick Wilson has ridiculous power. Uh, Nick Shufo's on that team who I haven't gotten to see because I got there, I missed his batting practice um, when I went to see them earlier this year and he didn't play. Um, I got to see him pet a dog. That was cool. Um, and Riley Unro Un- Un- yeah, is on that team, and Tom Malone is on that team. So that's a pretty prospect. They've got two prospecty teams there, mm-hmm. in, although Gasparini is DL'd, and although Chase Velo is back, even though he left the game the other day with a, he took a ball off his meat hand. Um, but there's some other guys in, on both those teams that you want to see films of. Yeah, I'm not going to go with a bad joke on Chase Velo receiving, you know, like, would her hand really... Uh, affected much, but it's rude, JJ. That's rude. You said you wouldn't do it, and you did. I, I guess I did. Uh, but you know the the season. I am, almost, and I think Chase Villa is a really interesting prospect. He does have a long way to go behind the the, the season's almost over. Um, sniff, sniff. But uh, if you're in this area, you have playoffs. Durham. You have Durham. You have Greensboro, and I don't think Winston Salem's going to make it. Um, they've kind of sputtered in the last couple of days, so they're they, they need come on, Winston Salem. You got to make it. They got a they got a hot. They need a hot stretch because that's a cool ballpark to go to. Um, but Greensboro is going to match up. It looks like with Hagerstown in the first round, and then uh, it'll be Savannah versus uh, Asheville. Asheville on your side. Which come on, at, you know. Sorry, sorry. No, Savannah. no. I want to see Savannah. I want to see Savannah. I want to see Dom Smith because we haven't got to see Savannah all year. That's true. Um, I want to see Dom Smith, and there's I won't, if, if Asheville ends up making it, I won't be disappointed. No, I. I won't talk about Ramel Tapia. I'm not as high as on Ramel Tapia as other people. Um, I like Ryan Otapia. I just don't think that stance is going to work. I don't think unless well, you, I think you can change the stance. You can, but that's just I, I, I know you can because Lewis Brinson's had at least twenty-two of them. That makes Lewis Brinson. I mean, he looks like something that like you would see a, a plastic man is is a good comp for him at the plate where he starts like where his knees could rest on his. Oh, he looks like Eddie Goodell to start when he has two strikes and he comes up like a jack in the box and then tries to hit. Um, Granted, he's hitting like 330, yeah. and, but in, in a significant split for away from Asheville. Really, he's a, he's a high average hitter on the road with no power, and he's an average and power hitter on the, at home. Which is confusing, to be fair. Actually, no, it's not even confusing, though, because Asheville, 
Asheville will develop power for anyone. Well, right, but I don't know where the average goes. But his average is still pretty solid in Asheville. It's not brutal. Okay, I thought you were saying it was... No, no it's, it's, he, he just hits... The, the average is still good. He hits for power. When he goes on the road, the power just disappears. And that there are arms on Asheville, too. Um, Jimenean is there. Um, Antonio Sensatella, who I was just not impressed with, is there. But he's got really good numbers, so maybe I just wasn't a fan. And then they just got a... Oh, they got Kyle Freeland. They've got yes. Kyle Freeland, too. Yes. Oh, I think they have Kyle Freeland. They, they do. Might, they they do have Kyle Freeland. And by the way, so that right there... Trumps my Dom Smith. Trumps your Dom Smith. Yes, it does. Um... I, I want Kyle Freeland. I want to see Asheville. Um, either way, the, 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 those are the matchups it looks like in the South Atlantic League. And Durham, okay, so it's going to be probably Durham unless they have the epic, epic fail, I think. I think they may even, they clinched already. Okay, they clinched they, last night. Yeah, so, clinched last so, night. so fail away, boys. Um, Columbus clinched, so you've got the Lindor show, uh, assuming he's not a September mm-hmm. call-up. Um, Pawtucket is in line, it looks like. And they've got Matt Barnes and Henry Owens, Henry Owens and Anthony Renato mm-hmm. right now, and Devin Marrero, and there's one more, Blake Swihart, and there's another team that's... Oh, Syracuse is there, uh, maybe, who might have Michael Taylor, which, oh, man, I want to watch Michael Taylor in live game action instead of the Futures game. Um, so this could be a really fun International League playoff series. But, well, we're going to wrap it up up there at the one hour, 20 minute mark. We thank you for the listen. Uh, we hope you're as excited about the AFL as we are. If you're half as excited about the AFL as we are. Yeah, you shouldn't doing, be as excited as we are. You know. it's, it's kind of a medical condition. But, uh, but thanks again for the download. This has been a JJ and the Bear podcast for Bear, Josh Norris. I'm JJ Cooper. That He's Bear, J Norris, at J Norris 427 on Twitter. I'm at JJ Coop 36. So... Thanks for uh, checking us out on Twitter as well, and we will talk to you soon. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.